tired. So tired. Overtired. Hello. You're listening to Overtired, a podcast with uh, me. I'm Christina Warren, and I'm joined by my great friends, Brett Terpstra and Jeff Severns Gunsel. And uh, I'm back. I, I was I was in Los Angeles and then <sighs> Sandy, Utah. So um, I'm, I'm back, and I'm glad to be here. Sandy, long, Utah. Long sigh. <laughs> it was beautiful. Who doesn't Look, love Utah? I mean, look, it is beautiful. Like even the airport, which is, uh, you know, uh, recently been been like basically they raised it and and um, it looks great. Like you see the mountains and it's a beautiful place. But the problem with going to a conference in Sandy is there's like nothing out there. It's it's just like barren. Like oh, is that actually the name of a city? Yeah, I just thought you Sandy. meant Sandy, like Utah oh, was no. Sandy in general. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. To be clear, that 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 was not an adjective. That was actually the name of of, of the of the town I was in. Yeah. Oh, Sandy, Utah. Sandy, Utah. What's the big mountain bike destination in Utah? There's like a national park. Not that Moab. Is, Moab. Moab. That's where the jeeps go. Climbing. Oh, climbing. It. It's the climbing, the big climbing and and mountain biking destination. Moab. Yeah, I have friends who used to make uh, regular pilgrimages to Moab. I think that's where the big swing is, that you can like swing across the the desert. It's that huge fun. It's like I mean, that, okay, 80, that actually, 80 feet. I mean, that that does actually sound fun. Um, I mean, look, it's beautiful. Uh, and, and if I'd been there for, like to go skiing or something, then that, that might maybe would have been different. I was there for DevOps Day, Salt Lake City, uh, which again took place in Sandy. Um, and, uh, I think it's because it was close to where some businesses were, but, um, my only other experience with Utah has been in park city, uh, for Sundance. And so this was not Sundance. Let's just say that. Sure. Yeah. When I was a Mormon, just kidding. <laughs> it sounds like the, the spoken beginning of a song when I was a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> previous to his career as an architect um <laughs> man ministry is touring again duran duran is touring again uh the cure is touring again skinny puppy is touring again like skinny all the, puppy wow yeah. taylor swift yeah. is touring taylor, well, taylor swift, swift is never touring. stopped like uh, taylor swift is at least more recent like skinny puppy touring that's kind of like whoa Gang like that is that is so like my childhood is is back like i could get tickets for basically the entire lineup of like 1995 alternative music right now you know what's still one of the most bizarre collaborations of all time is uh al jorgensen from ministry who is a he looks so awful right now yeah he, and he, and is a notorious sort of like junkie like forever guy uh and an asshole uh -huh. and he had a side project for one album with ian mckay from fugazi the straight what edge. was that which one was that I can't remember the name, but I remember they did it. He had so many side projects. Pigface being the most notable one, but I, yeah, I would I would love to hear what he did with Ian McKay. That would be amazing. It's not that good. It's not that good. I saw Ministry in 1992. It was awesome, but uh, the mind is a terrible thing to taste. That era. Uh, no, it was the um, the one after that. Uh, the the what is it? Jesus hot rod. Jesus built my hot rod. Yeah. 
And I yeah. remember when I, I, it was Lollapalooza, the second Lollapalooza and it was ministry and all their like, you know, like blinding flashing lights and dark colors uh-huh. kind of vibe. And then Eddie Vedder in a, I think a sheep's head, <laughs> a sheep's head mask holding uh, like a long stick with another, some kind of head on it. It's very strange. I went to a, I went, this is, this is very rapidly turned into a a very organic conversation, but I went to uh, an art opening at, it's, it's a local bar called Ed's No Name Bar, which is no longer even owned by Ed's, but it's just, he never felt like naming it. So it literally became No Name. Like if you look it up on on Google, it'll be the no-name bar. Yeah, but putting Ed's in there means right. it's a name. Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. right? Mm, okay. um, but it became this real, like, arts hotspot. Like, they always have, like, uh, some local artists, like, all around the second room. And it's it's the crunchy hangout. It's where all the granola people go to drink. And uh, they have live music. Like, <laughs> seems like four, four nights a week they have live music. Um <laughs> on a shitty little stage with horrible acoustics. But, um, but I went to an art opening there that was a women and non-binary art show. And it was like ages, maybe 15 to 70, like just artists from all walks of life. And there was this weird theme of goat horns. Uh, most of the subjects of the paintings were female, but they had goat horns, which is obviously like a masculine, as far as biology goes, it's a masculine thing, but it also has like pagan origins. So we had these long conversations about what does it mean that all of these separate artists were drawn toward the idea of goat yeah. horns in there. And that wasn't paintings. the official theme. It just happened. No, it just happened. You it think was you got this- like some sort of Satanist problem in Winona? Yeah, satanic panic all over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like <laughs> it. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all the people can tour, and I'm still never going to go to shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I'm trying to. They they don't have the 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 tickets out yet. They're just like, oh, like notify me when they're when when, when we know where we're going. But uh, Dashboard Confessional, one of my favorite bands. I mean, it's really one guy. But the band is is incredible. Sure. And Counting Crows, genuinely one of my favorite bands, are, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're are, are touring band. together, yeah. and uh, and so and and they're like two different generations. So yeah. that that'll be interesting. Um, but but I'm a massive, massive, massive Counting Crows fan, and it's, so it's kind of like you uh, when you look at like uh, differences in dating ages. Yeah. When you're 20, dating a 15 year old is out of the question. Right. Uh, but when you're 70, dating a 65 year old, it doesn't matter anymore. Totally. And I feel like Dashboard Confessional and Counting Crows have reached an age. Oh, 100%. Where they can kind of be considered generational at this point. No, I know. I, I totally agree. But not only that, though, but like, um, musically like they're both kind of like you know like songwriter uh, songwriter driven you know like like you know um anthemic you know like okay Mm -hmm. dashboard confessional arguably kind of like popularized emo but like counting crows like was like some like sad white man rock a little bit whale rock you know in, in 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 the you know august and everything after and whatnot which i think is like a perfect album uh no notes on that like that's just a fucking great album yeah um, actually like that, like, uh, recovering the satellites and, um, what's the, uh, the, the next one, the one, the one with, um, 
Colorblind and Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. And anyway, those three out al- th- those three albums are like awesome. Um, and they're really, really good live. So I was I was not a fan of either of those bands, but my friends who were fans, especially of Counting Crows, have seen them recently and said it was just fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he is like, I remember, and this was like 10 years ago, he somehow was like on the cover of like AARP magazine. And I was like, <laughs> no. Great fucking publicist. Totally. <laughs> I have the good news. I got you a cover. <laughs> it's kind of like, County Crows is kind of like Dave Grohl for me and like the Foo Fighters. Like mm. I don't, I don't care about the music. Yeah. Uh, but every time I read a really in-depth music review, um, like Dave Grohl grew on me just because of his, like, just being a fucking awesome guy. Right. Uh, counting crows grew on me because I would read, uh, music reviews from people that I respected mm-hmm. that just talked about how the depth of like the counting crows musical discography yep. and, and, and how great the songwriting was. And I've heard some songs and I thought, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. But, but I have a lot of respect for the Counting Crows just because they they have impressed people that impress me. Mm. Um, just to, my my game today is going to be bring everything back to Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs> I remember I was at I was at Jazz Fest in 1994 in New Orleans, and I was walking past a club where a really big show was happening. And he, the singer of Counting Crows, was standing in line with um, Pearl Jam sweatshorts. Nice. <laughs> It was like, oh, awesome, cool. By the way, Palehead. Did you say oh, Palehead? Yeah. But that's what it was. Yeah, I said Pigface, but Palehead. Oh, pig I remember Palehead was Ian McKay and Al Jorgensen. Sorry about that. And with the <laughs> with the guitarist Palehead. Yeah, no, that's I, Buckethead. You're thinking of Buckethead. Oh, yeah, Buckethead. A I don't think Buckethead had anything to do with that. Buckethead is a whole other story. <laughs> We're talking about a man who joined Guns N' Roses and still did his special thing of a guitar solo that involved beatboxing, really good robot dancing, incredible nunchuck work, and then back to guitar. But and all with a bucket on his head, right? And a and a mask. Like I could talk about Buckethead all fucking day. Um, cause um, wow, but this is pale head anyway. Sorry, sorry, pale sorry. head. I think I always conflated the two, yeah. Pail, pails and buckets, they just yeah. Who together. can blame you? Who can blame you? I have no yeah. idea what any of this is. Oh my god, <laughs> buckethead. I'll send y'all a link and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, it's something to see. I'm telling you, this is a man who is a wizard guitar player, a wizard nunchuck wielder, a wizard beatboxer who only appears in public in a long white trench coat, a KFC bucket on his head and a white mask, uh, just like a face mask with no facial features on it. Nobody's ever for so the most part. So he's, him. so he's Sia basically. Yeah. He's yeah. Sia basically. And for until very recently, he was the guitarist of guns and roses. So next to <laughs> all of that was fucking Axl Rose. Like, it's just like the most bizarre. It's like, I had this dream. It was a fucked up dream. This guy had a bucket and Axl was there. And that, that no, that was really also also Guns N' Roses are touring again. Yes, they are. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Full original lineup, Origin- mostly, mostly not. I think not everybody. I but. don't think Izzy Stradlin. Well, I noticed Matt Sorum's not the drummer, the second drummer. Okay, who I never liked, but Dizzy Dizzy Duff Izzy Stradlin Duff McKagan Duff. was bass. Yeah, yeah, and some guy Gibby or Gabby. I don't know <laughs> Izzy and Gizzy and Dizzy. Yeah, truly, it's just like a <laughs> comic book. <laughs> Anyway, 
Are they any good? I did not like Chinese democracy. Well, nothing could be good after like that much buildup, but like after ten yeah. years, and that after voice, ten years, that voice was down. not that voice was not made to age. <laughs> did you see him at Lisa Marie Presley's funeral? Yeah, he played like I think November Rain. On he piano. played November it Rain on piano. King awful. It was like at least Elvis at the end was still though he looked terrible had the voice of a fucking angel, and and to to somehow put that man in front of Graceland. Wow. And he's clearly gotten to the point where he's not self-assessing. Right. You know, he's like, I'm a fucking rock star. What? <laughs> if he ever did. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, I, he's like, I'm going to do November rain. Yeah. Like, alone. Oh, alone. It's like, oh, okay. Like that's a really anthemic, like beautiful song, but like, yes, it is. Can, can, can you do it still? Like, and he sounds like, you know, when you, when you step on a dog toy and then you let your, you let your foot up and it kind of inhales. That's yeah. what his voice sounds like right now. <laughs> Steph- <laughs> Stephanie Seymour has aged way better than Axel. Well, yeah, totally. What a strange. That was a great music video. <laughs> it was. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Loved it. Loved it. And the yeah. guitar solo oh, from yeah. November Rain. Yeah, Amazing. which goes on and on. And that was such a long music video, but it was so good. Yeah, like MTV so would air an edited version sometimes, but like. Yeah, that's right. That's but when, right. You could, when you could watch the whole thing, when they would put that on, like. Yeah. After 10 p.m. or whatever, you could watch the whole thing. Yeah, like the the user illusion two version. Weren't there two versions of November Rain between the user illusions? Oh, I don't think so. Which w- there was one song. There was a song. That there was, was Civil repeated. War. There was Civil War that was really long on one in on, November Rain. No, on but there was one that was on both albums with slightly different lyrics. Hmm. I believe you, and I, I, I'm kind of sad that I can't participate, even though I listen to those. Yeah, I was going to say I have no idea because I really only knew like the stuff that was on MTV, and I was really little okay. when you know they were like at their peak. It's that the thing. The thing. <laughs> there's a a real demarcation with that band, and it's when Axel started wearing like incredibly tight spandex short shorts. It's like that's when you. That's when everything just got a little out of control. But anyway. Um, I'm I'm looking this up. Disc one. <laughs> oh, it was "Don't Cry." I think is "Don't You Cry." No, wait. Oh, there. Wait the 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 deluxe release had four discs. That's, that's but crazy. that's recent. That's recent though. Yeah. The only band that was doing multiple discs in that era yeah, was no, it was it was it was "Don't Cry" on on Usual Illusion two. There was an alternate lyrics. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins is also touring again. I will not see them um, because it's not Smashing Pumpkins. It's Billy Corgan and whatever random people have agreed to continue to tour with him. Yeah. I, I did see a good mashup of Smashing Pumpkins Unplugged Ooh. with Dua Lipa. Oh, that I bet would be amazing. <laughs> um, I'll see if I can find that for the show notes. Because when they did Unplugged, and they did Unplugged more than 20 years ago, because like he basically retired – or said he was going to retire and end the band in in 2000 or whatever. Because um, I went to one of the final shows. Mm. And I remember he did like a VH1 Storytellers um, that was really good. And 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 that might be – I think that I think it was that instead. Of, but they might have had an unplug, but it might have been the VH1 Storytellers that, that they used for the, the mashup. The, the thing about Smashing Pumpkins is their songwriting in general was – Par for the course at the time, but 
his recording methods. Yep. Like layering 15, layering. He was 20, so ahead. 30 guitar tracks on yep. top of each other and creating like like the the Ramones, the the rock and roll era, the uh rock and roll radio era, like wall of sound. I can't remember the producer's name behind that. But Phil, like, uh, Phil Spector. Phil, Phil Spector. Yeah. Yeah. So like this idea Convicted of the wall of Phil sound. Spector. Sure, sure. <laughs> yes. Um but like it came to this head kind of with Smashing Pumpkins where they created this wall of guitar. Yep. Like Billy Corrigan created this wall of guitar that you couldn't even pick out a guitar sound from because it was so many layered tracks. And that like listening to Siamese Dream, the mm-hmm. album, like the recorded album is a totally different experience than seeing a live video because totally. they were a studio band, in my opinion. No, they were, although I think that they did well at live stuff because I have a bunch because that was my very first favorite band. And so I yeah. have a lot of like bootlegs and like live recordings and stuff that I collected over the years. But you're right. And then I think the big thing obviously was melancholy in, in the infinite sadness when he brings in the strings yeah. and and the and the orchestra and again the layering and then just has so many hits off of that album, which was a double mm-hmm. album yeah. in an era when that was a hard sell because you didn't have streaming. You didn't have, you know, other ways like you had to buy the whole damn like two disc thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then, you know, it's just the interpersonal stuff, unfortunately, yeah. kind of got in the way. And, and, I, and I didn't mind that the, um, like after Darcy left, I didn't mind the album with uh, Melissa um, uh, from Hole. Melissa um, Oftamar. Exactly, Oftamar. Um, and, and man, she has to be like, she has to be a saint because she had to She's put like, up with some fucking shit. That's what I'm saying. She had to deal with <laughs> yeah. Courtney Love during like peak bad Courtney Love period. And yep. she was dealing with Billy Corgan during like peak bad Billy Corgan. Like, holy shit, Melissa. Like, you're a, like, you deserve better, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did this happen? So, you know what wasn't on our list of things to talk about today? It was music. <laughs> it was music in general, especially like 90s music. Uh, somehow we spent 20 minutes doing this. I I can't even remember how it started, um, <laughs> but that's okay. That was that was a fun for, – for, I'm going to guess our target demo. That yeah. was a fun little, fun little walk. I think so. I think that that was just like that was a that was also a very ADHD like thing to do. Like we just went on yeah. like a genuine like ADHD tangent, and we didn't stop ourselves. I'm kind of I'm kind of into that. Yeah. I went to a I went yeah. to a 70 year old trans woman's poetry reading, and uh, she revealed she had just been diagnosed with ADHD at like the age of 60. Mm. And like she had always been a poet. She was very creative. Used to be a blues musician. Um, and, and just like all of my questions after, after the reading, you know, like open questions, all of my questions were like, tell me about being diagnosed at the age of 60. How did that, how did that change things? Did it change things at all? Did that like change your view? Did it change your poetry? Did it change anything? The basic answer was no. I had just, uh, learned to accommodate my brain at that point. Um, but anyway, sorry. That was an ADHD thing to do. No, no, totally. Okay. Um, I like like, all of my questions. (laughs) I was was just going to say, this is a great segue uh, to talk about our sponsor, ZocDoc, because if you're looking for a diagnosis and you need to find a doctor, uh, I figured we could do our ZocDoc read and then come back and do 
uh, Mental Health Corner. Well done. Perfect segue. Thank you. All right. So if you are looking for a doctor because you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms, maybe you think you have ADHD. You know, you're having a hard time focusing. Um, You uh, find yourself uh, kind of pulled down rabbit holes. Uh, You might fidget a lot. There are a lot of there are a lot of lot, lot of symptoms. You know, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. And look, do not trust TikTok for health advice. I cannot say that enough times. Like, do not take medical advice from people on TikTok. That is how you get ants. That is also how, like, you potentially wind up in the emergency room. Um, There are better ways to get the answers that you want and the care that you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. So ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. So when you're not feeling your best or when you're just trying to figure out, like, what is going on with my knee, uh, this is the thing I'm, 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 I'm going dealing with right now, <laughs> and you're trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. So using their free app that millions of users rely on, including myself, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs, fits your schedule, takes your insurance. You can book an appointment with just a couple of taps in the app, and you can start feeling better with ZocDoc. So... Go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash overtired. ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Speaking of mental health, thank you, Christina. That was a perfect, that was a perfect one-take read. Um uh, speaking of mental health, though, we, we do have a promo swap. Uh, we're once again uh, swapping with mental chillness. Uh, do you want to tell us about that, Jeff? Yeah, sure. Um, if you're looking for more mental health podcasts, if you're in the market, mental chillness is a safe space that heals with the power of laughter. Is That sounds nice. It's led by Khan and Jules, two people with mental illness that come together weekly with occasional guests to share their daily process of working towards mental chillness. Coming from childhood environments that weren't open about mental well-being and emotional self-regulation, Khan and Jules are opening up the conversations of the everyday struggles of dealing with ADHD, depression and anxiety, epilepsy, and growing into adulthood. They share tips and tricks of emotional awareness from their personal experiences and how they hold themselves accountable through personal BS. What does that mean? It means bullshit. Personal bullshit. Hold themselves accountable through personal bullshit. Okay. Well, I, I, I think it's bullshit. Check out the podcast. And the way they know how to do it best is with humor. You can keep up with them on any podcast platform and the YouTube channel, Mental Chillness, for full video contents. Mental Chillness. I'm just trying to help our own listeners get chill. We're also on YouTube. If that's where you prefer to listen to podcasts, look up Overtired on YouTube. We even publish some fun shorts. Yep. And I'm auctioning mine. (laughs) So. I'm just doing doing feet picks. Should we do mental health corner? We should. Oh my God. Feet picks. Don't do that. Don't do that, Brett. 
I can't. I have this weird thing on my heels. Oh my that yeah, I my- think that I think is like fungal, but they're like armored. I have like calluses. Yeah. yeah. That in case my and I do not walk around enough to deserve calluses like that. Something is going what on. What about? I, do you ever? I cannot show this to anyone other than a skin doctor or a pedicurist. No, I, they are so judgmental I, and mean. I went. I, I haven't went, had so, that experience yet, but that's. I've only had a couple. We have. We have a uh, a technical college in town that has a cosmetology school. And you can, for like five bucks, go get no a pedicure. Student anything. And mm. I no. went. I went. My mom convinced me. She's like, let's go get a pedicure. And I'm like, fine, whatever. So I go and they do a chemical bath on my feet and they scrub huh. them. They scrub them clean, which is, it's nice. My feet are soft. They put a fucking clear coat on my toenails, which I hated. Um, you could say no to the clear coat. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know what they meant when I they understand. said, "Do you want a clear coat on I your understand. toenails?" I'm like, "That sure." You're just learning. Um, yeah. But but the chemical bath left a circle, a dry a spot, a circle of dry skin on the top of my foot that lasted for two Jesus. years. Two, two years. years. Two wow. years. I had this. Wait, dry this was at the school. Skin. I mean, I wasn't at the school for two years, but yeah, this happened. No, but I'm at the saying school. this was the student pedicurist. Yes. Uh, no way, man. <laughs> I was getting. Yeah, I'm I was getting back. a. When I lived in New York, I I got a um, root canal from a student dentist. <laughs> oh my God. And at at Columbia School of Dentistry, I'm like, oh, it's fucking Columbia. Maybe the students sure. are just a little better. You know what happened? Sure, right. So he's he. This was back in the day where you know how now they give you like wraparound sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking barbecuing. Um, yeah. And so this was before that. This was when they wore wraparound sunglasses. <laughs> um, and and he was wearing wraparound sunglasses for some reason. And he was doing the filing in my root with the tiny, tiny file. <sighs> and then he stopped for a minute and he's looking and he's looking. And I, I motioned for him to take the cotton and shit out of my mouth. And I said, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I just broke the file off in your root. And so he had to get his, he had to get his, uh, you know, uh, supervisor or whatever. And in the the end of the day, the real dentist. Yeah. All they could do was entomb it in there. Like it's in there. It's fucking in there. And they were, I was like, could this be a problem someday? They're like, maybe like, okay, thanks. So I was done with student shit at that point. (laughs) But he said this look on his face and I'm like, okay, before you do anything else, you're going to tell me why you look like that. So, (laughs) so would you leave your body to science knowing that it would be students that were experimenting I can't stand the idea leaving my body to science. I had a, I had a cousin who was in medical school and he once, he would sometimes randomly send me pictures of corpse feet (laughs) while I was in meetings with my phone up. And I was so disturbed by his decision to do that you know and i hated i just felt so disrespectful right like um that i was like man i don't know if i could leave my body to science i don't want someone just like toying around but then again i don't know i'm gone i feel like like once we get i was like i'm gone i don't really care i mean my whole thing is like are they actually going to use it for anything interesting or is it just going to be like i don't want it to be like the lesson for the day like here's a kid that's what i'm saying yeah 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 no, we way. should uh, we should talk about green burial sometime. But first, yeah. mental health corner. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've all been there. waiting. It's time now. We're at twenty-seven <laughs> minutes in. Uh, the mental health corner. Who wants to kick us off? And the answer could be me, but 
I'll, I'll let you guys decide. You go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I'm in this weird fucking cycle. Um, like anyone who's listened to the show knows that I have like bouts of mania that last three to five days, followed by a couple weeks of depression, usually followed by something that could maybe be considered stability, but still leans towards depression. Lately, I've been having one day manic cycles. Uh, like I'll lose sleep for one night or I'll get up super early and I'll just bl- like blister through a bunch of code and create a bunch of stuff and be like firing on all cylinders. And then before the end of the day, I'll feel it crash. And then for like three days, I'll, I won't be able to wake up in the morning. I'll just sleep constantly and then get to what is actually a, a pretty decent, stable, uh, not totally depressed um, which will last a couple days and then boom, another like one day mania. And I don't know what to make of this. Uh, the cyclothemia, cyclothemia is like the one explanation that I've been able to find, but I've not had a, a psychiatrist appointment since it started happening. So I don't have any like uh, any medical advice on on what's going on, but it has been. It has been weird and oddly sustainable. Like I can work with this, like being productive every four days of having like a day where I do four days worth of shit mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah. just kind of like sleep and then like have it come back instead of like that three, four weeks of like not knowing if it'll ever happen again, just like having this rapid like turnaround. Um, I, it's not ideal. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's not perfect. I have seriously been looking into microdosing. Okay. And like the people that I know that are doing it have seen major improvements in depression. And I think and I I have not I've not run this by my psychiatrist yet, but I will before I do anything. Um but I think that uh, like shrooms, for example, could could help with depression without affecting my other medication. Like th- the reason I can't take an antidepressant is because it can trigger mania. Right. And because I'm bipolar, I can't effectively treat depression uh, without risking elevating my mood too far. Um, but I feel like uh, the the lesser studied realm of psychotropics and treatment of depression and maybe even like ketamine therapy or something. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of those could have positive results without the usual uh, downsides of antidepressants for me. So that's a thing. And I will keep, I will keep our listeners posted. Um, I'm going to do this very carefully and under the advice of medical professionals, but uh, it is something I'm very curious about. Yeah. It's super interesting. I, I'm so curious about it and I'm so curious about where like legislation goes or the, you yeah. know, as yes. we, cause it's now to the point where like, even like major mainstream podcasts are doing like the mind bloom read, which yeah. is, I, the ketamine thing is like, 
little dicey through services like that, I think. But yeah, we have ketamine, we have a we have a ketamine therapist in town. In you Winona do. Oh, now. that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm pretty sure we had them too. And we we had Mind Bloom as, as a sponsor a few times. Yeah. We couldn't we couldn't get them. Neither of us could right. try it because of, of, yeah. of legislation stuff. This is what I think it becomes really interesting in, you know, how these how these drugs are like scheduled and and how how they're classified because Obviously, people use them as street drugs and, and other things, but sure. there are real medical use cases. And so it's it's interesting to see. Um, I mean, it's dissimilar insofar as I, ironically, I feel like it'll be easier to get legislation and, and make things like, um, you know, small amounts of psychedelics or ketamine. Well, legalized. psilocybin and LSD, like all of the laws surrounding that were just like racist to the core. Oh, totally. Like, no, well, there totally. was never... <laughs> Well, no, never no, no. any medical danger to them. No, no, no. But, but, but I mean, in terms of well, but marijuana, there were there's there's not either. And yeah, marijuana yeah. So again, is, is this again, thing again, where racist to the core. Well, one hundred percent. What I'm saying though is like marijuana is this weird thing where you know more and more states have it legalized, but it's not a federal. It's still illegal federally. Yeah. I weirdly could see them making you know carve outs for ketamine and, and, and psilocybin and things like that, like at a federal level, because the AMA might get involved in lobbying and be like, oh, but this is this certain treatment thing. And marijuana, even though it's a great pain treatment and whatnot, doesn't, you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not using it as like a, as, as a depression treatment. Right. It, so yeah, it doesn't, so, so what's that? It doesn't have clinical, clinical treatment value. Right. And so, so it's, it's this weird thing where like, that's just strictly a recreational thing. And you can argue, Hey, so is alcohol, you know, like they treat <laughs> right. it the same way. Um, <laughs> But 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 the federal government is still like on their their hands on it. But that's what makes this so weird. Is like, okay, I can you have like a, a ketamine like place in Winona. You're like, okay, but but what are what are the laws here? Like, is this going to violate? Because one of the questions that you know this and this is not not even a um, this isn't even a fake thing. This is a real thing. Is that like if you're trying to apply for like a government job, for instance, and and you admit that you've done drugs, even sure. if it was under the guise of a doctor, like that could be completely disqualifying. So that opens up a lot of questions. Like, like you can't get a job for like the federal government if you're like, yeah, I, I smoke weed or I, I take edibles, even though it was legal in my state. We have a PA locally who I actually saw him when he was at the uh, major, the hospital in town um, as a psychiatrist, uh, as a, as a, as a PA but um, he left Winona Clinic and started a practice on his own that literally bills itself. I can't remember the phrasing he uses, but he bill he bills himself as a weed clinic. Like he uses pot to treat all kinds of psychiatric disorders, and he made the headlines of the newspaper as like basically the guy you go to if you need a, a weed card. And it seems sketchy to me because I don't see pot being a viable treatment for things like depression or anxiety for that matter. Um, but that was what he built his practice on. I, I see a lot more potential for ketamine. Have you ever seen the Key and Peele sketch where uh, he's being walked into oh, a yeah. yes. It's like, you know, you just, he'll, he'll, he'll give you cannabis for anything. And he goes yeah. in and the doctor's like, what's going on? He's like, AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ricketts. <laughs> I love Key and that, Peele. I'll put a Key link for that. So that is the best sketch. Key and Peele was like such a great show. Um, maybe maybe you have a backache? Nope. AIDS. Nope. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, amazing. It's a good bit. <laughs> All right. All right. That's my that's my mental health update. All right. Christina, you want to go? Yeah, I can go. sure okay. thing. Do so it. uh I my my mental health is doing pretty good. I was just I was out of town for a week, which uh in two different cities. So that is was the first time that I've been like in a while that I've done kind of one like a multi hop thing. So I went to um LA, well Pasadena more specifically for for scale, the Southern California Linux Expo, which was really, really fun. And it was really great to connect with people. I met some new friends and definitely it's a nerd uh conference. I met Ken Thompson. And, nice. and, 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 and like thanked him for everything he's given us. He was like so humble and nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was in, in Salt Lake city area, uh, Sandy for, for work, uh, which was, you know, I, I got to meet up with a friend who lives, um, in, uh, in the area, but you know, that, that was not as fun as, as scale, but no, my mental health is doing, is doing pretty well. Um, I was really, really tired and I took an edible on Thursday night and I slept for 13 hours, and that wow. was magical. Awesome. Sure. <laughs> A plus. Cannot, cannot recommend enough. No, but I've also been talking to my doctor about potentially doing like ketamine and some of the other like therapies. Yeah. It's hard because he's in another state, yeah. and, and he could find me someone who would do it, but like I would need to have someone local to kind of do mm-hmm. that, and, and I have a really hard time trusting and like even <laughs> wanting to go through the process of like finding a new or finding like a secondary shrink. Yeah, understood. Which, which it's so funny. I somebody mentioned me like you're the only person I ever hear call call it a shrink, and I'm like, yeah, maybe that's an old like throwaway. It's like a it's a generational thing. It, yeah. Well, it is and it's not. I think I've been, I've been going for so long that I'm just like, you know, this is what he is. But I'm also like, I'm not going to my therapist. I mean, he is, but like he's my psychiatrist. So he's the shrink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, also I don't mind like poking fun at myself a little bit on that, but that did make me think I was like, Oh, okay. I think that's the, the term shrink, like m- psychologists hate that term. Oh yeah. Uh, in my experience, like the com- head shrinker. Yep. Um, but for, for me, it's a, a lighthearted way of saying that I need, uh, like therapy. That that's I how need, I feel that I need psychiatric uh, guidance and for me like using uh, in sixth grade i my grandfathers both died on the same day and what? i went, what where were they both in winona no no one was in missouri one was in my basement we had a we had a walk out we had a walk out home uh furnished home in our basement oh, where my where grandpa my, down there my maternal grandparents were living and they both both grandfathers died on the same day and i went to my sixth grade math teacher and i said I got to go. My grandpa kicked the bucket and he sent me to the principal's office because I was so disrespectful about my grandparents' death. Like for me, that was how I was coping. That Wait, was how old my you? Uh, 12. Yeah. Jesus and Christ. That was, that was my form of coping was to use a colloquial term to it refer to you from the pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like shrink is very much that like we use that almost defensively to say, yeah, I'm going to see my shrink instead of I'm going to see a licensed psychiatrist to talk about my mental illness. It's shorthand. <laughs> so wait, hold on. How I don't mean to uh, I don't mean to make light of this um, or minimize it, but how close in time did they die? 
About six hours. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. How did yeah. they? How did they each go? Uh, heart attack, both of them. Oh, oh my god. God. <laughs> yeah. That's some weird which is which is why I'm, which is why I go to the ER very quickly when I have any kind of heart related problems. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Christine. I didn't mean to hijack your mental. Health no, no, corner. that's not, that's totally fine. I'm basically done now. But like, that's damn. That's that's um, that's intense. Okay. It was a it was a fun summer. Um, well, I, I say summer because it was towards the end of the school year, and then we had to go to two funerals. Like as the beginning of my summer break, we went to right. We tra- traveling around the country, going to funerals. It was fun. My um my maternal grandfather died on my birthday and I was, and it was pre cell phone and everything. And I was out that day. And when I got home that night on my voicemail was essentially like an audio diary of his day where my mom would call me and say, Hey, it's not looking good. Then she'd call and say, Hey, he wants all the sisters and you know, he wants all the siblings here. And and then finally the call that saying that he was, he had passed. And it was such a, it was such an intense way to experience the news of his death because it sure. really, yeah. it really unfolded. Like, you know, because you really, you, you hurt, yeah. you hurt, yeah, you, you, yeah. you hurt, yeah. you hurt the things, and like you weren't able to like be there, it's, and you, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, until you yeah. get the final call. And well, it, but here's the thing: it went backwards because it's oh, like shit. the most oh, recent yeah. one. Oh, was first. So, oh, right, 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 right. It starts with the new so one. So was, you hear, so you hear that, like, and you're going with it, and then you're going backwards. Oh man! So yeah. It's, it's, oh wow! Wild. wild. Um. Anyway. Uh, is that is that you, Christina? Should I go or do you have? Yeah, you'll go. Anything? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I just have kind of a hack for my mental health check in. Um, I don't mean to constantly equate mental health with medication, but because I've been in a period that I was warned would be long of kind of trying to find the right medication for bipolar, um, I I have uh, I'm in a situation now where I'm getting off of one medication and, and merging into another. And I'm also in a situation where like, I, I have lost my ability to kind of remember when I started taking any particular drug or, you know, when I was taking certain drugs at the same time, whatever. So I, um, what I did was I, in my, in my Google calendar, I just made a little, like, um, a little calendar event at the top of, a day where something needed to happen, either where I started something or decreased it or increased it or ended it. Right. And, um, and I gave it a hashtag, like hashtag meds in the notes. And now on my fantastic on my phone or on my calendar, I can just search hashtag meds and I get a really nice. clear list of what's coming up. So for oh, me, smart. for me, I have three or four, um, you know, this one goes down a little, this one goes up a little events over the next, um, two months. And I can now just like, and I'm constantly checking it. I'm just, even though I kind of know what it is, I just get kind of like nervous. I'm going to miss it or whatever. And so I just do that search hashtag meds and I get my list and it works on my phone. Like I said, with Fantastical, I don't use Fantastical on my desktop, but it's a huge help. And it's also just important for me to know when I started meds at all, because Mm -hmm. up until um, like March of February of 2020, I had never taken meds. And I started then and it kind of like to see how it kind of turns into two meds and three there, meds and four. There meds. are so many times that I'll I'll be some something will come up in history. Someone will say, Well, you did this thing at this time, which med were you on? Or yeah. had had you and I won't remember. Sure. Like I, I don't those changes happen and they seem important at the time, but 
the actual dates, the the way it correlates with things that I might not immediately associate with them yeah. is is always beyond me. So that is a really good hack to be able to just open up the calendar and say, oh yeah, here's That's where it. here's where yeah. that had changed and here's here's what it might have affected in retrospect. I might be able to see that. Well, and the the other thing I've bit that's a little harder is so if you get a say you get a pill that's 25 milligrams but you take 75 milligrams meaning three of those pills right right there's not an easy way looking at my prescription history to know um when i went from sure. one to two to three yeah i'm sure my prescriber knows but um i was i just went into my um email and i went into my messages and searched the name of that drug and because usually i was telling somebody that i was going yeah. up that day or whatever yeah. So that was part of building that history too. Cause it's like, nice. it's like the future and the history are both important to me. And it just, I don't know what it is but like putting, being able to look at the kind of boundaries of things just helped me to feel a little less sort of like I'm swimming in meds, you know, yeah. it's just like, Oh yeah, I started this here because of this. And, you know, so that was, that's been really nice for me. Um, because I've just, I, I'm not, I don't love switching out meds. It's not a, not a particularly nice experience. I mean, the other, <laughs> the other thing I would just advise people on is that something that my wife and I have realized is like, oh, when I'm dropping an amount or adding an amount, I'm probably for a couple of days going to just be off. And oftentimes yeah. that offness is like really irritable. Um, and knowing for both of us being able to be like, okay, got it. It's on the calendar. This is happening right now. Let's like, let's remember, you know? Yeah. Um, so L, L is very good about like noting. Like if I tell her, uh, my, my psychiatrist says, I'm going to make this change and I'll do, make it at my next refill. She will make a note because she knows that like my mood will shift, even though I don't, I don't make any special note of it, even, even in my own head. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, we're going to shift medication. Maybe eventually things will get better with whatever problem I'm having. Uh, but she keeps very close track because it affects our relationship. It affects uh, our interpersonal communication. And to be able to say, yeah, obviously you just did, you know, you just made this change to the chemicals in your body. Yeah, yeah. that's really helpful. And, and again, like, having it on a calendar. There's so many times that would have helped me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is just knowing, knowing yourself and, and really paying attention. Cause like, for me, I know that the most common impact of a medication change is that like, not only am I irritable, but I just find it completely impossible to be soft. Sure. Right. Like I'm just like, yeah, all you hard edges. Well, Cause it takes, it takes energy to be, truly gentle with people empathy takes a certain amount of energy and when your energy is consumed with dealing with your own shit like whatever happens in your brain when you make a medication change you don't have the energy to like accept other people's input to accept input and process it properly to have a soft response and right. that can get that can get real messy real fast yeah yeah definitely <laughs> well that's my check in. Um, can I add something to that? That's really quick. It's <laughs> yeah. about irritability. Sure. So I had a really bad fall trying to get into my car today because we're at that point in Minnesota winter where, um, everything outside of your car, when you park is like, a, just a slope of ice basically. And so, uh, in trying to get in our car in our little driveway, um, you have to like really brace yourself and all this shit. And I was carrying a big box. I was carrying a coffee and I totally bailed. 
and and fell and I was so pissed off. But at the end of the day, we don't really have room on our street for our car anymore because people are used to us parking in our little teeny drive spot, right? And I was reminded of when I lived in Chicago, um, there was a sort of a rule or a kind of a phenomenon called dibs parking, dibs. right? And and basically what that means is, and what that meant is that if you had a parking space and it was winter, you're like, the fuck if anybody's going to get this space. First of all, you position yourself before the first big snowfall so that you have the good spot. And then you hold it by putting things like chairs or I had seen cribs or baby bouncers or I saw a microwave once. Uh, I've seen, I've seen it. I think I saw a dishwasher um, that they would just slide out of the way and i am including in the show notes an amazing photo essay of examples of this but i want to just say brett and i were talking about this before the show in minnesota we've gotten to that point where no one gives a shit about anybody anymore right you're just like you're so tired of dealing with getting out of the way in the car and and you're snow and slipping and um i had this thing happen the ultimate chicago dibs experience when i was living in chicago in humboldt park Um, and what happened was the person who had reserved a space was watching another person move the chair out of the way and take the spot. And they went out and stabbed the person. (laughs) (laughs) That person I think was okay. Thank goodness. But I was like, I was like that, that is a rule you don't fuck with. This feeds into this feeds into my mother's belief that Chicago is a a hellscape of of crime and and um, she watches a lot of Fox News. Oh yeah, sure. And basically, basically Chicago is on fire and everyone is stabbing everyone. But we were on a block that clearly contained a meaningful gang leader, and I'm pretty sure I knew him, but we just didn't talk about it because he was right next (laughs) to my house. But like there was there was a dude who was about. I mean, he was big and strong. He was just a giant. And he would walk up and down our street all summer long, um, uh, like on patrol. And and the guy next to me uh, was, I think, maybe on house arrest because he would never come out of the gate. So I would just sit on the stoop and we just bullshit. But like one night, a guy went through that gate and I'm not I'm not trying to support your mom's belief because it's bullshit. <laughs> he, someone came through that that gate and just shot up this guy's picture window <laughs> right under my window. <laughs> yeah. Just like took off. It was the crazy. Another time a guy pissed the Latin Kings logo in a snowbank, which I thought was the cool, <laughs> coolest, most badass thing I ever saw besides the stabbing. Um, it's amazing. Anyway, Chicago is incredible. I like, there's one picture in this, in this link you had of, it's like a chair and a lectern. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or there's one that's a bears parking sign <laughs> with an arrow. <laughs> it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. Anyway, that's what, that's um, what I got. The one add on I have, we were talking about death and the, a big, so I'm, I'm about to leave on a, a trip to Michigan, uh, which is if I were, if I were, if someone said you get a week off of work, where do you want to go? Uh, Michigan would rank way down on my list, but I'm going cause it's where Elle's sister lives and, and her three kids. And we're going to have like a, it's like a family vacation, I guess. Yeah. Um, not, not something I'm super excited about, but we do get to stop in Chicago and in the Indianapolis for, uh, some, great cities, some fun dinners, some fun breakfasts, some good overnight stays. Um, and we got a cool Airbnb for the week in Michigan. But anyway, the big concern is my 19-year-old cat 
could oh. go at any time. Oh man. And it it would break my heart. Yeah. If he passed when I was out of town. If Yeti. he had to go on his yeah, Yeti. If he had to if he had to go and I wasn't there. Like we are attached at the hip. If I'm around, he is with me. And um like we're we have someone house sitting. Uh, we're not sure yet if she is going to be comfortable with like all the medications he has to take with giving him intravenous, not intravenous, intramuscular fluids, um, subdermal fluids, I guess. Like with, the, the, with a needle? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like because he gets dehydrated. Um, but if you mix in like we have this cat food we call kitty crack. Um, it's not, it's not healthy food, but he will always eat it. So we mix it in with like a bowl of water and he'll like slurp it down. Um, and maybe he can get away with that. But like, do I, do I, do I leave, uh, a cat with a, an expiration date with a stranger or do I send him to board at the vet where I know he'll get like the best possible, medical care hmm. uh which would it would honestly it would cost about the same uh huh. the what we're paying the house sitter i could also pay the vet and we'd have to pay twice because we have two other animals but um it would be like 40 40 bucks a day to to board him at at the vet he, we've been going to forever and it's just like i have all these contingency plans like if some if i get a call like I will, I will have someone drop me off at the airport in Detroit, and I will just find like the fastest flight home, yeah, yeah. so that I can be here to hold his hand. Yeah. And it's just this weird situation. Does he get like, stressed if he's boarded? Do you think he used to? He uh -huh. used to like any change of scenery. Used to he used to get crystals in his bladder, oh, which yeah. would have to yeah. be expressed through his penis, which was a very painful prospect. And this is how I learned that Yeti will never hurt me is he would hold my arm. He would wrap his paws around my arm while a vet squeezed a crystal through his dick and he would <sighs> yowl and cry, but he would never extend his claws and he would never bite. <sighs> he would just hold my arm until it was over and then he would Aww. be fine. He's, he is, he is like, honestly, like I, I know he's my cat and I'm going to say he's the best cat, Yeah, but he, he is the best cat I have ever known. He That's awesome. is just gentle to the core, extremely empathetic. Um, he's been an amazing partner and I don't want him to die without me. Totally. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So in that case, maybe being with the vet, like who do you think is going to call you more reliably? I don't know. Well, that's I don't a good know. question. I, I think the vet would feel responsible enough to, or I think the vet would recognize a problem before a house sitter would. Right. I think the vet would be more proactive in that regard because we're basically, we're going to give the house sitter the best information we have uh, and try to give her an, her an idea what to look out for, but she's not trained. She doesn't, and she doesn't know Yeti the way right. I know Yeti. Right. Yeah. Like, like I can see discomfort in Yeti's eyes. I know when he's not okay. She'll have no idea. Um, cause cats hide, hide pain, right? right? Like, like they, they make it all very internal. And I have 20 years of like knowing when Yeti is not okay and she'll have no idea. So maybe, 
maybe the best and he's old enough to not give a fuck where he is these days like mm-hmm. he you can take him anywhere and he just he'll just sleep like he's like all right this is a comfy spot i don't care where i am anymore like he used to freak out about leaving home right. but i don't i think he would be okay mm-hmm. i think he would just sleep all day at the vet yeah, yeah. so I, I i would say the vet and then i would like be very clear with the vet be like look i want to be here with him so if you're noticing things don't don't like think that you're putting me out or whatever just call yeah. me because yeah. i will find a way back I, I, I will fly home yes yeah so anyway that's yeah i guess that's actually part of my mental health i was part. gonna say this seems yeah, like this no would kidding. be something that you'd be going through like this is this is a yeah. lot you know i mean and and then yeah. like and, and and i'm so sorry that this is going to be like hanging over you like with this family stuff like when you're there you're not really going to be there there's going to be a part of you yeah. that is always can be concerned it's, been like, it's been like that for a couple years now like i've right. never he's old enough that anytime i leave for more than a few days like there's always the possibility that things go south while I'm gone. Yeah. And it's always it always drags on my my heartstrings to like to like leave. And I, I can't I can't just not sit leave. around. No, you can't. Right. You know, I mean, no, that that's that's like a difficult thing is is especially if it's been a couple of years. Like Yeah. Because then, um, then, then, like you know, you've had like the opportunity costs. You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, well, I stayed home for all this period of time and it was fine. Like, what did I give up? And now it's like, okay, now it might actually be closer to time. But like, I, I, you know, can't. <laughs> like I can't my, continue to be in stasis. My maternal grandmother yeah. had Parkinson's, and uh, she she was given like a year to live, and uh, she went into hospice care, and she lived for another 10 years. Oh my God. And in hospice care Jesus. for 10 years. And, uh, at, at, at most, for most of it, I was the only person left in town. Uh, like my parents had had to move and, mm-hmm. uh, it was me living in Winona and visiting my grandmother. And it got to the point where it was like, she's never gonna die. Mm. And, and honestly, by the time we got the phone call, but I got the phone call, like your your grandmother has passed. Uh, it was a relief. Yeah, like, it had to she, be. She just kept and and like not in a. She could barely talk. Well, this is what I'm she, saying. Like like it wasn't living, right? Like 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 her like yeah. her, her, her 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 her. You know, she was she breathing. Was, she was yeah, literally just breathing. She right. wasn't mentally there. She she couldn't do anything physically by herself without help. Like she had to be moved, she had to be picked up, put in the wheelchair, pushed to the table, fed food, and then taken back to bed. And it was no way to live. I, it's part of why my uh, my living will is very clear about if I'm if if yeah. I can go, let me go. Totally, you have a DNR. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, my my grandmother, and it wasn't like that, but she she was it. You know, she she was in. Um, nursing home and she died and whatnot, but it was one of those things where she had a, a, a DNR and we were very grateful for that because when she went and we were there, um, like, you know, we, we'd said our goodbyes and whatnot, but she hadn't been, she had had mental acuity in, in quite some time, um, uh, because she had Alzheimer's or dementia or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, it, but, but it was, it was one of those things where like, when you see that happen, like when you see like prolonged suffering, we were really glad that she had, you know, we had that we had the advanced directive to to not mm. continue to keep her going because God, that's a nightmare to be, you know, 
in hospice, you think, which is supposed to be for, for in stages and then go another decade and then lose even more yeah. value. I don't, and- I don't care how young you are right now. Go out, uh, find whatever whatever resources you need. A lawyer or the hospital can provide you with the forms. Uh, but have a living will. Have have a get your DNR in order because shit can happen. And unless you want to live as a vegetable and be a drain on everybody, make get that get that in writing. Get that taken care of now while you're young, while you still have the option. Duh. We should do a whole episode on euthanasia. I feel like that would be a real upper. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Now, 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 uh, tune in next week, everybody. Tune in next week when we when we have a a, a live viewing of Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> group viewing. Oh God. Yeah. Hi. It's gratitude time. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. We didn't talk about anything that we were going to talk about, but this we was had, no, we, funny. we hit nothing on our list. Zero. I got. I got. I'll take first gratitude. Yes. Go All for right. it. It's not exactly an app but um the new york post has a has a has a page where you can just look at their covers and <laughs> and i've long both oh, respected it. respected and abhorred their um sure. their skills yes and so i just want to give you a few examples from recent covers okay for the um for the story about the spy balloon being shot down headline pop secret <laughs> pop, pop secret. secret i love it uh, for um, Sam Bankman-Fried, who we all remember is a very hairy crypto bro, Harry Plotter. Mm. How about that? That's I love pretty it. good. With a, with another bit, they have a couple of bullets. One is begs for bail because he's a quote depressed vegan unquote. Ah. <laughs> what was the, what was the Donald Trump after the midterms one? Oh, I don't remember. It was a, hump, it was a Humpty Dumpty reference. It was a good one. Here's one that's about the uh, COVID leaked from the Chinese lab. It had to be woo. Ugh, God, I got a couple more. Okay. Um, Baldwin, uh, this is the subhead. Baldwin was on cell phone during gun safety training, which, by the way, is awful. Headline: Dolt forty five. That was woo. Uh, and what? I, last one is about the uh, bailout of Silicon Valley Bank and its tech support. <laughs> and the S is a dollar sign. Anyway, you, they, it turns out they have their own little web page just for their covers because they they know how good and horrible they are at that uh, at that game. I am nice. not in any way, shape, or form uh, advocating the post. or endorsing <laughs> for the work of, of the New York Post, but I, I remain in, in disbelief. Uh, so anyway, that's me. It's, it's kind of like great. the Inquirer. And, and, like, you can really enjoy the cover of the Inquirer without I'm, I'm, actually I'm gonna, appreciating the Inquirer. The Post is better than the Inquirer. Like, it's a sure. higher quality thing, but you're not wrong. But the Post is just, they have the best headlines. And I love the war between the Post and the Daily News. Like, like their like, yeah. ongoing like beef is one of the greatest things in media. Um, make sure you put that that, that website. Um, I will right now. In, in, the, uh, in, in the it, links. What's the UK? Is it the Daily the Caller? Sun. Is that the? Well, they have the Daily the Mail sun. and it, they, they, the Daily Mail. Daily Mail. The, That's, the Daily Mail. The yeah. Daily Mail is the one I'm thinking of. They do. They do the same kind of just fucking great headlines yep. with just horrible, horrible takes on everything. 
Yeah, um, and, and and the Daily Mail and uh, the Post have like some sort of syndication thing because both of them will pay for the paparazzi shots. So and then like the Daily Mail, what I love about them is they'll do like this exhaustive like description of every single photo that you see in like the <laughs> most like deranged way and like and in like Ooh, insulting. Or in, in or right. in some cases like weirdly like complimentary method and then they describe the clothing <laughs> and the like, oh, you can buy this top just like this person that we're <laughs> shitting on. Um it, it's it's really, really fantastic. But no, but post headlines are the best. Uh and and look, page six has some good gossip sometimes. Yeah. And and for I sure. and I and, yeah. and I miss I miss Keith Kelly's media column because he was uh <laughs> a great he, he he retired uh last year, but he always had like the dirt. So that's a very good pick. Yeah. Um, did you guys? Did you guys see Neelay Patel's um, printer recommendation yes, for twenty twenty three? That was the best thing I've read. No. I saw it. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. It's exactly what you would think. It's that. Is it all yeah. of this? Yeah. It, it, the headline. If I um, this is from memory, but uh, best printer twenty twenty three. Just buy the brother laser printer that everybody has. Comma, it's fine. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, and and it and it's so good. It was one of those things that I that uh, I saw. And I was like, yep, this is accurate. And then it shows off all Just different photos. Follow, that follow the link for whatever. Have. For whatever, for whatever we get the most affiliate profit from, that's Basically. what the link will be for. Just click it. Just click it. Like, this is the one you want. Like I've had mine for forever, and it has like photos of different like verge, uh, you know, staffers. And it's so funny because this is what I've been telling people for years. I'm like, just get a brother printer. Like get the all in one. Get the other yeah, thing. Man. It's it's fine. It'll last you forever. You just need to print shipping labels and uh, occasional documents. You're not caring about photos or anything else. Just get the brother printer. Like so, I, I made my dad get one of those, and then he bought an HP anyway, and I was pissed off. I was like, "Just use the brother. The brother is fine." My um, uh, my brother, I, I believe, is kicking up the air. It kicks up about every um, three years because I've had it forever. Which is optical photoconductor near end of life. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just the drum. I can't remember. It's whatever holds the toner, but just. You just Replace that every three years and you're fine. Just for clarity, the reason I got here was because Christina said that sometimes in the description they tell you where you can buy yes. the clothing. And yes. it was like, yeah, affiliate cash. And then that led me to Neelay Patel's. Right. Okay. Just oh. just to just clarify the train of thought. Totally, totally. I I, I didn't know. I was, I was like, if that was gonna be your gratitude, although it was like a great thing. I was I was like, that's it's a weird not. I was like, that's a weird gratitude thing, but no, my my gratitude. I I really thought we were going to talk about AI this episode just because it's so prevalent. Yeah, right now. we didn't even get to talk about GPT four, but it's okay. But and, and we will get to it because it's not going away. Um, my picks for the week are uh, Swift GPT. We've talked about some Mac uh, clients for Chat GPT before. Um, a newish one came out called Swift GPT. It's free. It gives you, this is since the actual release of the API. Uh, so it's no longer just a wrapper around the web interface. And right. you get an actual like iMessage chat interface to chat GPT. It's really well done. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't have like Sparkle updates yet. You have to download new versions. Uh, but Mac Updater will let you know when there's a new version. Hell yeah. Um, and it is, it. You can you can put in your own API key, uh, so and it will tell you it'll track cost for you uh, if you have your own API key in there. Um, and then the other one that is similar is Write Mage, 
uh, which I discovered through Product Hunt. I I tried it out, decided to pay for it. The developer was like, oh my God, thank you. How did you find out about this? And I explained it was from Product Hunt. Um, I don't think he's getting a ton of business, but he has written a chat GPT interface that works with macOS accessibility. So you can just highlight some text, hit a shortcut key and pop up a chat GPT interface that you can predefine prompts on. So you can have like an explain this prompt or a comment this code prompt or like whatever prefix prompt you want. And it will insert the selected text into what it sends to chat GPT, which makes it very seamless to like, if you want to reply to an email, you like highlight the text that someone sent you, you bring it up, you hit reply positive or reply negative, and it will write your, your email response for you. And then you can uh, click it and paste it into your email program. And it, it because it's a Mac OS uh, accessibility application, it works in, any app that has accessibility features. Um, and and it's I think it's really well done. I think he deserves uh, a little more traffic than he may be getting. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. So my pick of the week, so this is something that I did yesterday, um, and, and I need to play around with some of these a little bit more. Um, I'll have a couple of things linked, but I've been playing around with um, with, with with Pam um, modules, um, which <laughs> is like Apple's um, yeah. authentication system. So that you know, there's a way where you can add like sudo to with, with touch ID support to your terminal. There's like a brew command that you can install, and it'll even like monitor whether the Pam um, uh, file has been updated or not. Um, but uh, I finally got app, my Apple Watch working on my on my iMac so that I could use that yeah. for 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 sudo. Sudo, yeah. But I found out somebody was one of my followers on on um, Mastodon was like, I like that, but I can't use both Touch ID and Apple Watch at the same time. And so someone created a Pam module that adds watch authentication in addition to Touch ID. So if you have both. And, and, and like you want to, for instance, use watch when your um, the lid on your, on your MacBook is closed, you can do that. So, um, so if you, you have a watch paired to your Mac or fingerprints enrolled for unlocking, you can use the module to uh, authenticate both of them. And so this is called a Pam cool. underscore W T I D. And, uh, it is, um, a patch on, um, an existing module, um, to, to be able to add support for both. Anyway, the, the, the GitHub, um, the guy goes through all the details of all the different things that he looked at and and how he ended up having to do what he did. There's some, there's a thing in the GitHub issue that it might have some issues on Ventura. I have not played with that aspect yet, but I feel like we could probably find a way to fix this. Um, but I'll I'll have a couple of these PAM modules in uh in 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 the links. But but the, this one um, that the, the WTID that does both is really good. That's not the one I installed. I installed the original Apple watch one, which, um, does work on, on, um, uh, Apple Silicon, but you need to, you need to update the make file, which, and, and, and the, the, the developer has been MIA on GitHub for over a year. Mm. So, oh, man. so that one, somebody's created a fork and like, I could create a fork too, but I'm trying to see if I could do is if I can get this, this, this Pam WTID thing working correctly, I'll submit a patch to them, of course, but I might just fork my own. I would love to like, have it so that um do do the same thing that um uh the the version that is uh updates it's installed and uh, via homebrew and it auto checks 
um, with any update to, to automatically update. Like it's just a bash script that runs and will automatically update uh, when you install new versions of, of, of Mac OS. I'll, I'll see if I can like basically hack together like a Frankenstein uh, yeah. thing that will do all of those things. So nice. So this, Here's some weirdness. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's related to my messing around with the PAM authentication system, but if I use sudo in iTerm, yeah, it, any sudo command will crash iTerm immediately. Huh. Interesting. Sudo anything, sudo minus s, sudo any command, immediate crash. And no, and I've sent the crash logs to them. I haven't gotten a response. Uh, but if I do the same thing in terminal, it's no problem. Fine. It's fine. Interesting. So hmm. what I would what I would be curious about would be when the next like when when you have another macOS version which will reset that entire directory. Yeah. I would be curious if that fixes the problem. So like before I would run one of those commands again, I I would be right. curious if that fixes the problem. I have an I have an update waiting for me. It's a disappoint update of Ventura uh which I don't think will reset it, but but I also like I, I I removed all the PAM modules I had installed, right? Um, but and this still happens, so it, it may happens. be completely unrelated. It might be unrelated, but yeah. But is, is your pseudo file back to what it was originally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and removed removed all references to any additional authentication methods. Uh, it it's still I I can't explain it. I don't know why that. I don't know what happens when you create a when you run a pseudo command that could possibly crash an app. Like I could see the the command failing, I could see errors in the shell, but to crash right. the app, I don't understand how that could happen. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. I'm not sure either. Um yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um that could be a lot of things. That, oh, that is the one thing I will say. If you're playing around with these things, make sure you back up your, uh, your, your pseudo file, because I did make a mistake with, I had like a wrong character or something in mine. And then all of a sudden like pseudo was broken and I was able to <laughs> just, uh, fuck with the permissions and, and finder of all places. Sure. Yeah. To, Cause to, you can't edit your pseudo file without pseudo. It's kind right. of a catch 22 there. Exactly. Except if you go to go to folder and you go to you find it in finder and then you like adjust, like you unlock it and then you, you mm -hmm. know, adjust just, just the read, write permissions or whatever, like <laughs> it's, it's, you, you can do it. Um, I mean, I also could have start restarted in recovery mode um, and had root, but but I was I didn't want to like restart my computer. I was like, yeah. I actually still have five thousand tabs open. I'm doing other things. I don't have time for this. <laughs> um, so I was able to get around it, but I was like, oh, okay, this is why the the one that has the the homebrew auto update thing. This is why they do like a, a they make a, a dot back of your of your mm -hmm. pseudo file. I was like, that's smart. That's what I should have done. <laughs> yeah. Can't say that I didn't do this to myself that I didn't know what I was doing. But if you are going to be playing around with these PAM modules. Yeah, make sure you have backups um, because otherwise you could, yeah, then you can't edit sudo. Uh, you know, you can't use sudo without sudo and uh, and that's not great. So, um, but but it's fun. And I do have to say like, so because I, so I have um, two Apple Silicon machines and I love them and they're great, but my iMac is still really, really powerful. And I've got like the the, the two screens. I mean, I, I also connect the 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 um, uh, studio display to my laptop sometimes, but like in my office, like I have like my big like 27 inch iMac and I've got you know, the studio display and like this iMac has 128 gigs of RAM and sure. you know, a, a, a 10 core, you know, like 
beefy Intel CPU and a really, really good uh, GPU. Like it's in a lot of yeah. ways still better than uh, for, for some purposes, especially with, you know, VMs and stuff than, uh, than even using my Apple Silicon stuff, even if it like the fans come on and it's, it's not silent. So what, but what's annoying is that even though it has a secure enclave, um, you can't use the touch ID keyboard with it. Which is which is completely an arbitrary Apple decision. They absolutely could have done that because Touch ID was on Intel Macs first, and so if you've got the secure enclave, which this one does, you know there should be no reason why you can't have the Touch ID third party keyboard, but you can't, um, and so it's really annoying for me to have to type a password in all the time. Sure, one password's um, uh, account is 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 pretty good. Uh, oh, I will give a shout out to Okta. This is sorry, we're just talking about authentication stuff because this is annoying yeah. to me. Okta now supports pass keys, at least my instance does, which is mm. great because if when you're logging in, if you don't want to have to reach around the back of your computer to find your um, your YubiKey, or if your YubiKey your, your your secondary one is like in a bag someplace, and you're like, man, I really don't want to fuck with this right now. If you set up um, in in your Okta settings, you can set up uh, your your phone as like. Uh, a passkey and then mm-hmm. you can just scan the QR code on another machine and then on your iPhone it'll come up and be like do you want to use the passkey that is saved to this account to log in I'm like huh. yes yes I do yeah brilliant yeah. so so passkeys are great across platform and they're supported by all the different um uh, big you know Microsoft Google Apple uh, it's a consortium that came together for them and the the um the Okta support really handy also if you're trying to like look at ways to have to avoid typing in your password as many times as, as I do when you're on an Intel Mac. If or I guess if you were on like a, you know, like a, a Mac Studio or Mac Mini, Apple Silicon one, and you you didn't want to pay for the the Apple Touch ID keyboard because you're like I actually want a keyboard that feels good, and and, yeah. and you don't want to do what, yeah. what what Jason Snell did, which was like cut it cut it up to like find a way to you know get get, get the sensor into a, I, a normal keyboard. I, I would love I would love a touch ID sensor on my ultimate hacking keyboard. Right. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna switch keyboards right. just for the touch ID. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Even what though I hate using my watch because right now during the winter I always have long sleeves on. So yep, I've got yep, my yep, fingers yep. on the home row. A, a prompt comes up I have to pull my hands off the keyboard, pull back my sleeve, and then I wear my watch backwards for various and sundry reasons. But that means I have to like grasp my watch from the right and then carefully double tap the button on the left. Right. Because if I hit the wrong button, it'll dismiss the Mm -hmm. password prompt. It's kind of a pain in the ass. And I would rather, I think in most cases, so I use I use key bindings. Don't tell anyone this. This is secret. But I use key bindings. What? You? And I have, a, I have a sequence. If I type a certain sequence of keys, it fills in my system password. Oh, smart. Oh, I should um, do that. And it's it's a complex sequence. It Like, you'd have to, you, you would have to be me. To have, I was going to say, you, you'd have to be in you your would, brain. You would never guess it, but it's way shorter than typing my system password. Um, uh, you know who wears their watch backwards? My dad. Snipers, huh? <laughs> I I do it because in yoga, uh, if I go into like a down dog or anything on my where my palm is on the ground bent backwards, 
it will hit the button on my watch and will set off <laughs> set off the emerge, the SOS alarm, oh, which is very, very disconcerting bad. to Definitely. people in a yoga class. Oh, you wear it backwards like that, so it's not that the face is no um, on I, the bottom just of your so, wrist. So got that it. the crown the crown and the button are on the left. Got side. it. Got it. Got okay. It. I get it. Now I do have a question for you. Are are you um a a, a right wrist or a left wrist watch person? Left wrist. Left wrist. Same. Uh, Jeff. Same. Yep. Left wrist. Yep. Yeah. Who? What? Is that what, a what dominant right hand person? Thing? Yeah, I can't imagine wearing a watch on my right hand. That I can't either. Uh, it would be weird, and and I assume it's because we're all right-handed, but I don't know. Um, I did have yeah. to at a when I went to Disney World. Um, I got their their stupid magic band things, which are not stupid. I mean, it was you know, uh, we, they're magical. I I, yeah. I bullied my 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 two friends into both buying magic bands. I was disappointed that mine, which was still overpriced was just purple whereas they had like really like terrible like kind of themed ones but the thing <laughs> is is that you could do most of what you could do with the magic band with your apple watch but not everything and the, like, the magic band was great because like we get you into the hotel room and like if you if we'd chosen to do this we could have even hooked up like a credit card to it but it was like right. great for like you know getting into the into the rides and like uh, uh i i stupidly bought the photo pack like where the photographers will take all the pictures for you and it was like two hundred dollars <laughs> but i got my money's worth I, I i did the math and i was like this is how many photos we have to take for this to be worth it and we more than did that i was like good but That's like awesome. but i had like but it's basically the same size as an apple watch so I have like my apple watch on on one wrist and then i have like the magic band on the other and it was so weird having something on my right wrist um yeah. i bet yeah also i had to use the kid size uh, of, of, the, of the magic band thing like like genuinely like it was one of those things like they've got like a longer band like clearly for adults and then like you have to rip that part of it off but the kid size it was like oh yeah i i've always said i have childlike wrists but now this is proof because i'm i'm only halfway through like this 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 thing like i there's no way i even could have uh, approached like the adult when i'm like i'm like i'm like halfway through the kid thing I'm like yep cool <laughs> anyway, that was also just a random tangent, but but uh, but, yeah. but, but, but Pam W uh, T I D, and I'll have some other um, of the the modules linked because they're uh, this is like a fun thing to to play with and potentially bork your system. So again, make yeah, backups. totally. Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's it's amazing when it works, and at worst, it'll just break your system. It'll totally. be fun. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. So just a quick recap of all the things we didn't talk about today. <laughs> we we didn't talk about TikTok and acquisitions. We didn't talk about GPT-4 or BARD or AI. We didn't talk about how Samsung is full of shit from moon pics to foldable phones. Um, and we didn't talk about the post office. These are all things that may come up in the next episode. So stay tuned. Not euthanasia. Not euthanasia. Not, no, we're probably probably not. You know probably what? Not. Let's. I don't want to rule it out completely. Let's go straight from euthanasia to get some sleep. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, get some sleep, but not eternal rest. But not eternal rest. <laughs> get some sleep. The system is going down low.